Hello everyone and welcome back to the Wondering Christians podcast with me, Peter, and my good friend, Lucas. Last time we did a podcast, we introduced the subject of human identity and sexuality, providing a bit of an introduction over various topics such as homosexuality, transgenderism, abortion and euthanasia. Over the next few weeks, myself and Lucas are going to be looking at in greater depth over these subjects, with this week being abortion. Diving straight into it now, I'd like to start off with a quote by a person called Antonia Senior, who's a British journalist, uh, a journalist who has always firmly supported abortion. And now, I quote, Then came a baby, and everything changed. My moral certainty about abortion is wavering. My absolutionist position is under siege. She concludes that her daughter was formed at, con- uh, at conception, basically, uh, that, her, that her daughter's life began at conception by saying my daughter was formed at conception. Any other conclusion is a convenient lie that we on the pro-choice side of the debate tell ourselves to make us feel better about the action of taking a life. And then she concludes, yes, abortion is killing, but it is the lesser evil, close quote. Now, that is a pretty shocking quote, isn't it? How can taking a life be a lesser evil? How can you value life so low that it is perfectly fine to have what are probably millions of abortions each year throughout the Western world alone? In fact, In the UK alone, there are about 200,000 aborted babies each year. I I find it truly just shocking, to be honest, that what, what it appears to me is it seems to me the viewing of abortion as a form of contraception, when in fact it's not, it's a bit late at that point, and I think really in in this woman's view what would be even worse than taking a human life would be putting uh, limits on women's rights to control their reproduction i think she quotes again you cannot separate women's rights from the rights fertility control the single biggest factor in women's liberation was our newly found ability to impose our will on our biology and then she says nearly 200,000 aborted babies in the uk each year are the lesser evil no matter how you define life And she ends her article with her stunning view on defending women's rights with the quote, you must be prepared to kill, close quote. Just going off it, what what do you make of that? (laughs) Well, I've argued with people uh, on this issue and some of them have different opinions, uh, but some of them have had the opinion that that woman has had, uh, where they do acknowledge that it is a baby, it is a human life from conception but they say that because it was a woman's choice for it to exist it is uh, the woman's choice for it to not exist and i mean that's that's 
a misplacement of of rights completely. This idea of rights that we've had so far, where where has it come from, and how can we create rights, and do we create rights? How do they appear? Because it seems like we can justify anything by making up rights. Um, we some people we have a right to free speech, okay, and we we have a right to life and the pursuit of happiness. Um, we have a right to choose to do with our property what we want to um, and our body what we want to. However, uh, underneath all this is the right to not injure other people uh, or the the right not to be injured. So. As the common saying goes, your right to wave your hand about stops where my face begins. <laughs> so if, if we do look at this as another human life, all of our history and our tradition uh, as a Western civilization has uh, told us um, that our rights stop um, when we're infringing on someone else's uh, right or someone else's body. And, and them acknowledging that this is a different human life inside them. It is baffling to me that they would nonetheless argue for that. Definitely. And I think we, we could fairly say that most scientifically informed individuals know for a fact that life begins at conception. You know, and uh, when we're dealing with animals, for example, like a puppy or a cat or something then it is very much the accepted science that uh, that this new individual has indeed begun at conception and that from that moment on that organism that is that individual merely enfolds the capacities that belong intrinsically to the kind of it being it is uh, with those same obviously those same facts that apply to animals also apply to us humans um, that everything intrinsic, all that information upon that is in our DNA and within those cells that shows what we are, uh, is already there at the moment of really at, at, at conception. It is a it is a one way train track. Uh, if you look at, um, for example, an eagle egg, you know, if if you destroy an eagle egg, I'm not sure what the final prison sentence is, but it's it's huge, and um, if you attack if you i don't know stab a pregnant woman in the womb and the baby dies you're convicted of murder yeah and so it kind of turns into a oh it depends on what the woman you stabbed in the belly thought it was yeah yeah i mean like if if you if you do that in the middle of the of the tribunal or what's it called the uh uh, court. If you're in court and they're giving you the sentence, and the woman randomly says, "Oh no, I I actually wanted the baby to die. I mean, you just stabbed the baby. Is that did you kill and murder, or did you just perform an, an abortion?" Um, so it's so I think what we're getting at here is that uh, a lot of the arguments uh, for abortion they stem from this presupposition that the woman can define from her feelings and from her imagination if it's worthy of life or if it is a life, if it's even a life as well. Yeah, and I think you've entered a, entered a good moment for me to just butt in there and um, mention how last week 
um, we we introduced something called basically personhood theory, which which basically is the i the idea that these pro um, choice people um, make make up basically in that oh sure the fetus is a human but it's not a person and so it's perfectly fine to kill it because it's not it's it's not a person you know and as as if you know it's it, it's not like we see these external forces from outside the womb entering the woman's body and this this baby gradually becomes a feet a, 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 a person uh over time no it's it's a human and a person from the moments and it grows and grows and grows and it's like our growth our, our growth as human beings continues even outside of the womb it grows until we basically die you know that change is already that always happening and we've always got that capacity within us from the moment of fertilization and it is quite astonishing how it's the pro-choice people who are the ones with the fanciful theories and it is the pro-life with the scientific <laughs> facts really yeah i don't know how the location of the baby defines personhood or worth or anything um because being inside the womb one second and the next second being outside the womb uh, i mean how does that geographical location <laughs> Uh, change the personhood the worth um the rights of that baby it it doesn't in reality uh and it's sad that uh, one thing that we have to touch on is how this isn't just a random debate on something this actually has implications for the people engaging in it uh, mental implications um because um they're they're clouding their own conscience and their own thoughts um and it, it's rare the person the woman that after having a child uh, wishes that they had aborted their baby um and and after having clouded their thoughts and made these decisions to uh, commit murder i mean the mental implications the implications on society and how it degrades um those people it's it's amazing and it's very bad. And it's like, uh, if if your mother, if if you're if you manage to convince a mother to kill her own children, and some of them do it gladly um, and brag about it, then what can you you can do? You can make them do anything. Um, you can convince them to do anything. So it's just very bad, slippery slope to go down. I will go down in this uh, in deeper depth on this later but um when it comes to abortion do you know which gender is the one that gets mostly aborted no i haven't no take idea. a guess oh probably oh yeah uh, female yeah so this whole practice that a lot of feminists really let, let's not lie um support as pro-woman um is in fact a practice that kills um, mainly girls um, as a result not only in ancient times but in modern times too um, as as a result of um, this view of inferiority of, of, of female um, 
life in some ways. But as I said, I'll, I'll go into this later. Um, I'd also like to point out on on the point of um, really how much this has uh, afflicted people in the church as well, because we even do have some pastors being pro-choice as well. There's a there's, for example, a pastor called Joseph Fletcher, who basically um, states how an, an unborn child is basically a sub-person and therefore fails to attain or, or fails to attain the uh, qualifications for the right to life. And that is a really dangerous path when we think about it. If we have got to qualify for the right to life by meeting some kind of subjective standard, then that can that subjective standard can be very f- freaking mobile. You know, first it'll be children, unborn children, who are might have might have Down syndrome when they're when they're born, and then it might go to um, children who have who might have bare he might have clubfoot, which is easily correctable, but hey, screw it, let's abort them anyway. Uh, and, and and then it can be, oh, even if the child is born alive, then they can be left out to die. Uh, and then it can be, oh no, if 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 it's a if it's a child under the age of consent and they're disabled in some way, then they can be freaking killed as well. You know, because they don't meet this kind of like qualification of right to life and it can be take it can be so called taken away from them and this is where we really enter um nazism well with with, with what the, the way the philosophies of which the nazis viewed um the medical profession we should probably think really where this personhood theory came from and really is a form of dualism isn't it it's the idea it, it's it's the idea of the mind and the body. It's it's that kind of it's that kind of dualism, and that kind of dualism really came from um, from ancient times. Um, it was Plato who said that the soul in the body is like the driver of a chariot trying to steer an unruly horse, and it was really this splitting of the mind and body that led to Gnostic philosophies. And Gnosticism, because the Gnostics used to um, detest the material things. They used to detest the body as well, in, in many ways. Um, and they used to look forward to death, that they may be free from this bile that is called the body. Um, however, in more modern times, it is actually uh, promoted by a French philosopher, I believe. Surprise, surprise. Who I believe. <laughs> who I believe was called Rene uh, Descartes. He was a gentleman who was alive in the 17th century. Uh, and he tried to um, use a two story metaphor, kind of like place the body on the lower inferior level, conceiving it as kind of like a machine, or as Plato kind of said, like a ch- unruly chariot. Uh, kind of robot or a wind-up toy. Um, and then in the upper story, we had kind of like the human mind, which is where we thought and we perceived and our consciousness lay and our emotion, way, our emotion lay and our, and our will lay as well. 
and in fact is actually quoted as saying that the mind is a quote rational soul united to this machine close quote which, which b believe it or not um, this man was a Roman Catholic as well this Frenchman and what he was actually trying to do um, of course, it was the 17th century and it was the times of the so-called Enlightenment and so on. And what he was trying to do, he was trying to compromise some idea of faith with that of uh, what was said to be the science of the day. Or the uh, dominating philosophies of that day. And what it really did is it appeared to um, compromise or a reconciliation between the church and the scientists which is perhaps really where this atheist idea of some continuous conflict between religion and science came from, that atheists like to throw about these days as well. I think I've covered fairly well the origins of this philosophy of dualism, this idea of having a mind separate from the body as opposed to being part of the body. So I think it's really important to look at in this case, what then does qualify as a person? Most people who are pro-choice will say that if that person is health, healthy enough or whether that person is mentally stable enough or, or something along those kind of lines. Um, the problem is that scale to qualify is totally subjective. And so you'll have some people arguing that, oh, it's okay to kill a, uh, a fetus if it's um, five weeks old. And then you'll have some who say, oh, no, but it's okay to kill a fetus if it's 10 years old. And then you'll have some that say, oh, no, it's okay to kill a fetus if it's just been, a, a baby if it's just been born. You even get some who take it to the extreme and say now we should just kill um, everybody really and we, we, we do get increasingly these days the argument for post-birth abortions uh, in fact in recent in fact in recent years um, bioethicists have begun to apply the two-story worldview that I had explained before of mind and body not only to abortion but also to infant side. In 2013, two philosophers created a firestorm um, with an article arguing for what they called, quote, afterbirth abortion, um, <laughs> the killing of newborn babies, arguing that, it, that the, the, the newborn baby is not a human, is, is human, but still not a person. And that prior to this imagined qualification of personhood human life has no moral claims on it how about let's create a new definition of personhood anyone that argues against the personhood of an unborn baby shall be removed from their personhood <laughs> that would be good those people man that's just crazy 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 well exactly it's 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 they basically proclaim it as a piece of meat that can be just be killed and used for research and experimentation. What, like what? Having its organs harvested and experimented on and then being tossed in the bin. Oh, yeah. these A lot of these abortions, they found uh, 
that they're they're harvesting the organs from these babies. Um, and and one of the things that's happening, and this is this isn't like just some wacky people out there. This is normal. Um, the, them talking about this post post birth abortion, where what's very common is if if the baby was to be aborted but the abortion failed they now want to uh keep you know the baby's born keep it uh warm and cozy uh, i'm going off the words uh, paraphrasing uh, i think it's a virginia governor in the us or something like that and he was talking about how they, they can, you can keep them warm and then the, the decision is made to kill them or, to, or not to kill them if the abortions failed and um it's it's just crazy i mean this is such a decadence and it's exactly what romans 1 uh, refers to when it says they exchanged the truth of god for a lie and they became foolish in their hearts and and they went into all manners of sin it's it's this it's just like this self destructing philosophy and uh it's it's almost like a it's really like a cancer because uh, of mutations a deadly mutation because it it just um you can see it just how perverse it is and how it just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse um and and you can see how it's all related just to to sin it's just so so sinful and against god and his creation um I was going to say, the Nazi Germans didn't begin by killing the Jews, gassing the Jews, did they? In fact, the first gassing was on hmm. disabled people. Yeah. And the reports, a reports, sorry, a, a quote from a Nazi article, um, the phrase, the, the German phrase was, here Here I go trying to pronounce it, was uh, Lieben Sundwertes Leben, uh, which translates to uh, not worth living. And this is actually the same words that are being found in Western reports in modern days to determine or to philosophize the ideas of killing the disabled, or euthanizing them, um, and, and with the abortion yeah, yeah, of babies yeah, yeah. and so on. This, this has happened throughout history. So the Romans, the Greeks did uh, this type of... Uh, dehumanization where if if it wasn't a, a boy or if it was kind of defective they would just leave it outside uh to die in the cold um and then slavery slavery is another example and up until well slavery's always existed uh but the african slave trade uh was a bit worse because it was a bit more um dehumanizing before slavery was just more you know, we conquered you. Now we get to use you. But now, but the African slave trade was more dehumanizing. Where they would say, you know, black people weren't fully human or fully developed, thanks to as we've talked before about evolution. Um, that kind of helped that as well. I helped that idea, and um, so that's just another form of dehumanization. The Nazis did it again with against the Jews, gypsies, homosexuals, um, disabled people. Old people. Um. Well, I mean, we see it in the book of Exodus, don't we? Um, Exodus chapter 1, 15 through 17. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, yeah. let her live. 
I guess uh, in that case, it was more utilitarian as well. Because, like, he just didn't yeah. want the Jews to have some kind of army or in the future. And 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 then again, we have um, when Jesus was born as well, with the order to kill the newborns. As um, there, there was actually a case. Speaking of infantide again, real quick, and leaving babies out, leaving babies out to die. Um, I think there was a case where policemen. Two policemen walked into a, a basically an abortion clinic, and they walked into a room, and they they were deeply distressed because all they saw were freaking babies just laying out alone to basically starve to death, which, which is just yeah. Grim. I once I heard a story um, a couple years ago, I think, of this teenage girl in a US high school that was pregnant uh, during prom and she gave birth she she was she gave birth in i think this is the story that she gave birth in the uh uh bathroom by herself or something and then i think that he, she strangled her baby and left it there or flushed it down uh, something like that and uh, and it was just crazy it was it was you know somewhat it went to the news everywhere and everyone was super super shocked and now we're starting to live in a time <laughs> where that's starting to be recommended i mean uh yeah they'll cover it up with all these oh you maybe you need a, a doctor's approval before you sh you know you kill your own baby and whatever but it's still that sorry where's this happening <laughs> where where what, what's happening where you, ha you can kill your own baby as in no like no 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 Oh, no. It's not happening yet, but they're, they're talking about it. Oh, jeez. I just feel like the commercialization of uh, babies. Um, and uh, again, all this is done supposedly out of women's rights and what is right for women, but it really is. Um, actually a war against women uh, as I said earlier it really is mostly girls who are the ones being aborted um, for, for, for various reasons and I think we should really look at how um, ancient culture humiliated women you know in, in the ancient times women were very much um, viewed upon as very lowly human um, beings. Um, in in fact, in in some ways, throughout ancient various ancient societies, they, they were almost viewed as uh, cattle in some ways, as being only rightful to have uh, to have legal children off, shall we say? In fact, there's a what was a, a popular Roman ancient Roman phrase that went something along the lines of the wedding. The marriage beds for legal hairs, prostitutes for pleasure, um, and I, and I think that sums up, you know, the 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 the, the view of of, of women, um, you know, and as, as you can imagine, um, prostitution forms a very large. Um, percentage of the Roman tax system.
and abortion would have been large base would have been mainstream back then because can you imagine how many illegitimate children there would have been or non-legal children you know and um there's actually a letter of a roman soldier um writing back to his wa pregnant wife at home and the letter literally says um if the baby's a girl kill it as I said, in, in the ancient Greek and Roman cultures, it was widely accepted that husbands would have sex with mistresses, concubines, slaves, and prostitutes. Oh, sorry, the, uh, I'm just looking at it now, and the quote what wasn't... Uh, it, it was an ancient Athenian saying, which said, wives are for legal hairs and prostitutes are for pleasure. So it's an ancient Greek saying. But you've got to remember as well, think about you had temple prostitutes, just thinking back to, um, as, as, as well, and you had various fertility gods that promoted sex and so on. In fact, the Roman gods promoted adultery and rape. Have you ever read Homer's Iliad? So Hera, the wife of Zeus, decks herself out to seduce him away from the Trojan battlefield. Um, in fact, she's so successful that, to compliment her, Zeus runs through a list of other women, goddesses and nymphs he has bedded. He ignores the men he has bedded, insisting that none of them attracted him as much as she does at that moment. How absolutely charming. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, oh, man. you know, and, and, and this is the kind of stuff that the ancient church fathers put up against. And the ancient church fathers were writing sermons urging husbands not to have sex with slaves or prostitutes or extramarital affairs at all. Um, in fact, it was, jo it, was, it was Paul in one of his epistles that said... No, women do not live for yourselves, but live unto your husbands. And men do not live unto yourselves, but live unto your wives. And during the early church, people struggled to comprehend what he was actually saying and whether he was joking or not. Because it is such a serious statement to say, no, you will stick unto your wives alone. And in fact, various ancient historians say you can always tell when, it, when a society was Christianized on how the sexual ethics changed the better but as you were saying earlier um, one of the ways that Romans would perform abortions was once the baby was born they'd leave it out on the doorstep to die um, and what would happen actually in the early church is you would have Christians walking the streets at night and picking up these babies and uh, adopting them essentially within the church and we're actually seeing the same kind of thing happen today in South Korea and in the United States in America nowadays. You are beginning to find um, baby deposit boxes. And if the mother has the child but she doesn't want the child, then she will take it to basically this hole in the wall, which with like a blanket on the bottom of it. And she'll place the child on it and close up the wall and then like a little bell will ring from the inside and the Christian will come and they'll either adopt the baby or uh, take it to a you know a place where it where it can be adopted and so I, I think it's good to know really women were incredibly attracted to Christianity because of the revolutionary ways upon which it, it, it did treat 
women. In fact, because of Christianity's opposition to abortion, it, 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 women liked it quite a lot. Whereas modern critics try to portray our hostility to abortion as hostile to women's rights. But as we said, you know, if you go to China even today, you know, during times of the one-child policy and so on as well, there were loads of abortions and the majority of them were women because um, it was this idea that the woman couldn't carry on the family's name and two, the woman was just not going to be as physically capable as a male child, which which is crazy um, to, to, to think that to allow for abortions in that manner is um, supportive of women's rights. Yeah, and there's, there's no doubt in my mind, in our minds, that uh, the only way you can have a sure foundation um, against abortion, a sure philosophical foundation against abortion, and practical one as well, is through, is the, is through the Christian worldview. Because um, even just conservatives um, that believe that abortion is wrong because of human rights etc and they know that the right to life is the highest right yet you only find that right within the christian worldview if you don't if you don't have an objective uh, reference for human rights um your rights are no better than some your idea of, of rights is no better than someone else's idea of rights. And you say human right is the most important, and another person says reproductive rights or choice or whatever uh, is the most important. Um, and there's no way to uh, there's no way to get to the right answer. There has to be an objective uh, reference, um, and you can only find that in in God. I mean, actually, if if you um look at history as well um it, it was about the fifth by the fifth century christian leaders finally began to wield enough power power and political influence to pass laws against sexual slavery um the church fathers actually called it coerced sin for how could the church priests against sexual sin when many women also and men had no choice because if in the ancient world if a slave resisted the sexual advances of her or his master um, that slave would likely be put to death. I think we should look at, before we draw to a conclusion, um, we, we should look at actually some ways to change these things, these views on abortion. And we've just very briefly looked at these baby boxes um, where mothers can put their unwanted babies rather than having them killed. I mean, this isn't the... The best, the optimal solution, the ideal solution would be that women wouldn't abandon their children anyways. And if they did have uh, too many hardships, too little money to sustain it, there would be, you know, charity for them. That would be the optimal thing, I think. I think if we could have enough charity for these women that can't sustain uh, their families... That would be the best thing because we never want to separate a child from her mother anyway. However, it's better to separate them and the child carry on living than just killing the child. I think that's true. Um, and I think the views of womanhood and family, and even fatherhood for that matter, have to change as well. Um, I think modern women pay a price, really. Um, you know, I, I think 
women spend probably the main part of their lives during the time when they're most um, fertile, um, pursuing career paths and basically to achieve high levels of education and professionalism, um, women are required to suppress their fertility with birth, birth control to quite literally neuter themselves with toxic chemicals during their peak childbearing years. Um, in fact, the World Health Organization classifies hormonal contraceptives as a class one carcinogenic. That is a substance known to cause cancer in humans. Um, and so essentially what I'm saying is not that women can't pursue careers. What I'm saying is that much more focus should be on the family. And that's including from the father as well. As, as, as well as this, we also have the casual sex cult um, going around. And so what modern feminists say is to avoid being derailed from your educational career path. You, you, you should be urged to meet your sexual needs through casual affairs without emotional commitment. In fact, a woman called Hannah Rosen writes approvingly during college that women benefit greatly from living in a world where they can have sexual adventure without commitment and where they can enter into temporary relationships that don't get in the way of future success. You know, and how is this pro-woman, you know, how is getting an STD pro-woman? How is, you know, being made one flesh and being emotionally attached to that person um, and it does happen whether you're it's so-called casual or not. Um, how, how is this pro-woman? How is getting pregnant and then needing to have an abortion pro-woman or having an abortion pro-woman? How, how is taking hormonal treatments to neuter oneself and then suffering compl complications like cancer and premature births um, for a woman and this whole the, the, what the bible teaches I believe is is a psychophysical unity of both the mind and the body of the soul and the body and that really needs to be taken seriously the idea that the body is indeed a temple and what it also means of that the mind that, that the body is is a temple as well you know, I, I think women and modern feminism have rejected something. They have rejected what is incredibly unique and special about them. And that is the, that of the family and that of the motherhood. Um, I think men have failed as well in this area as well uh, by essentially not standing up for women's rights and just shutting up, essentially. Yeah, I think... Um, I, I was debating. I was not debating. I was just talking to this to this person once, and he or she, or well, it was a she. She was saying that um, if men had to carry the baby and be pregnant and all those things, they too would try to fight for uh, rights to abortion. However, or what she misses is like being pregnant is supposed to be a blessing. Um, and the way they some people refer to their child as mutations or or some uh, 
I don't know what they call it, but it's just like bad organisms inside them, whatever, and uh, diseases and virus. I've heard women call their babies that. Um, well, not their babies, just because when they actually do have a baby uh, and they are pregnant, they <laughs> a lot of the time they abandon these ideas um, that they had. Yet, um, pregnancy is supposed to be a blessing, and they're they're losing out on that. And men are supposed to be standing up for them um, against this anti-human agenda, uh, Nazi agenda that exists in the world today. Um, but uh, we're failing. Men are failing as well. Um, but uh, the, the main people that are being attacked by this is women. Their mental health, um, the children um, that are dying. And I think it's also... I think it's also sad how feminism, modern feminism, has left out the father in this, in the decision process, uh, because it's all about the women choosing what to do with their supposed body, which isn't their body, it's a different human life. Uh, men are being left out, and and their sons are being killed against their will uh, a lot of the time, which is uh, just horrible. I think, yeah, I, I think it's horrible that... Um Men, especially, I think in the, I'm not sure about what it's like in this country, but in the United States, the super in the super the Supreme Court ruled that um, men have no right, no legal right over the life of their child, and it's only up to the women, the woman who can choose to have an abortion or not, which is crazy, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, some people view that as a victory for women. That's it's the opposite, and the fact that people have been convinced that. Uh, good things are bad and bad things are good. Uh, it's, it's. Do you know what horrendous. the number one cause of uh, death in African Americans is today? Abortion, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's what is it? I think sixty percent of peop of African American kids, the U.S. are born out of wedlock. So with only or like a single, not wedlock and just having a single parent, a single mother, and then abortion is just huge, huge. I mean. The the creator of Planned Parenthood, she had the objective of eliminating the most African Americans as she could, and if you go and see where the plant the Planned Parenthood, which is uh, the main company uh, that kills babies in America, a lot of them are in black neighborhoods, uh, neighborhoods with a lot of black people. So it's 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 evil all the way back, all the way back. Yeah, and pro-life people are often told to shut up by um, pro-choice people. In fact, the author of this book that I am uh, occasionally quoting from, um, Nancy Piercy, uh, was written to once and by a pro-choicer. And um, she said, uh, you pro-life people have no right to talk about abortion until you are willing to stand alongside pregnant women and give them support, close quote. But actually, this, this is already been done for ever pretty much now um, in the United States there are actually about twice as many pro-life pregnancy centers as abortion clinics mostly operated by Christians and so secular people who claim to care about women are missing in action when it comes to giving practical help to women facing a difficult pregnancy yeah and there's uh, I just read a statistic that 1.5 million American families wanting to adopt I mean, you don't need to kill the child. There's a lot of opportunities. And I guess maybe the, some paperwork might be hard, but it's definitely worth it. And there are definitely families and churches 
that are willing to completely support you in having your child um, and making it worthwhile. And it's the best decision you will make. I mean, you can't go back on that decision if you kill your baby. That's <laughs> that's horrendous. And you can't go back on that. Yeah, you know, John Piper says that the gospel teaches us how to live, but it also rescues us when we f- fail to live the way we are supposed to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is such a good quote. And I think that really is the good news there. And I think we should try and end this on good news. Uh, um, <laughs> is that, you know, as Christians especially, that we are there for you. And and that even if you have had an abortion, um, you're still welcome within the family of God. And that there are people there, the, the church is there to help you. And there are loads of um, pro-life pregnancy centres there that are there to help you and can support you um, if you decide to have the child. Yeah, it's the, yeah the gospel and the blood of Jesus covers all uh, sins, even the worst. And um, any sinner can have their sins forgiven, and that's a promise given by God if we put our faith in him. Hallelujah to that. So I think we end it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and you can actually even watch us on YouTube, BitChute, and Library. So please, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe if that option is available to you.